We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into another edition of the Back of Day Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick, and uh, joining me today on this uh, draft special of the Back of Day Podcast, I've got two of the best guys from our podcast group here. My usual partner, Chris Schimmel, hanging out with us, but we are being joined uh, by the third musketeer of our new group today. That's uh, Matt Fralick. Matt, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you can call me a musketeer. I don't have a great mustache as you do, Dan, but I will. I'll take the. Uh, I'll, I'll be a part of it. That's cool. As long as you have a, a hard chocolate coating with a uh, cream, a chocolate cream filling, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, not a not a top five candy bar to me. That nougat isn't great, but um, I yeah, I got, I'll I'll go with the chocolate coating any day. No, yeah, the lack of the lack of nougat or caramel is a big question mark when you look at this draft prospect of the Three Musketeer bar. Um, but no, uh, today we are taking a look at uh, some of our draft prospects moving forward uh, into the upcoming uh, draft in a couple weeks from now. Um, guys before have been doing a great job of breaking down some of those uh, specific players that the Packers could be looking at, those guys in that top 10, 15 range that uh, could fall to the Packers at 12 there. Today we want to take a look at a big picture kind of deal at uh, some of the groups that 
the uh, Packers could be looking at. Today, we're discussing the safety group, a position that before the start of free agency with, obviously, HaHa Clinton-Dix going away, becomes a bit of a liability, but now Adrian Amos gets added. Uh, Chris, you and I kind of talked about that before and how now that the signing by the Packers of Adrian Amos really opens up a lot of possibilities in that position group as we head into the draft now. Oh yeah. It does, Cause it doesn't make safety the absolute end all be all because you know, you had to replace Hot Clinton Dix and then Kentrell Bryce being gone. So the fact that they replaced one of them now that they have more flexibility in the draft, because there's a lot of good depth at safety in this draft that could possibly fall to the second or third rounds. So they're in a really good position with the, uh, getting Adrian Amos. I think that was the real uh, real deal breaker this offseason. Yeah, and I, I think, too, with Adrian Amos now, uh, Matt, you can kind of take a guy in the second or third round, and he doesn't need to be an absolute starter. Like last year, the Packers take two corners in the first three rounds, and it's guys that they relied on as full-time starters right away. And now uh, the safety group, you know, with the, with the group that they have – this year in the draft, this prospect group doesn't have anybody that kind of stands head and shoulders ahead of anybody. So really any guy that you take here, you can let sort of develop and see if he becomes, uh, you know, that complimentary player to the, the Amos that you have now, it feels like. For sure. For sure. And uh, to Chris's point, I mean, going and getting a safety in Adrian Amos in free agency was huge because you're not limited to what you have to do in th- your first three picks. Um, and also, you know, to just expand upon that, getting those outside edge guys in Smith and Smith also makes it, you don't have to draft the guy at 12 that's an edge guy or draft a guy for sure in the first round, maybe at 30. So the options for the Packers are huge. Now, to your point, Dan, there isn't really anyone that's head and shoulders out of this you know, this group. I think there's a few guys that maybe are in a tier one by themselves. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, you're looking at the Packers right now with Adrian Amos, who's going to be a stud, I think, in the back end. And then you have a few guys that, you know, maybe could compete for a starting spot next to him back there in center field. You know, you have Raven Green, who a couple of his teammates are high on. Uh, we know Tim Boyle was a, a big fan of him when he talked to um, Andy Herman a couple weeks ago on the podcast. You have Josh Jones, who the Packers did spend a second round pick on. One of those type of hybrid guys still trying to see what you're going to get out of him. And I look at the Packers in their first three picks, most definitely drafting a safety to compete with those two that are already on the roster to see who can kind of, you know, come to the top of the cream and um, who's going to be able to be a starter. Um, I I mean, it's great if you get a safety um, that can be a starter day one for you. I don't think it's a necessity, but I think it's something that you should look at to develop and maybe in his second or third year um, on the team, most definitely you know, going hand-in-hand with Adrian Amos back there. Yeah, and Adrian Amos being back there as that veteran presence that you brought up, uh, Raven Green, a guy that could very well, going into training camp, be a guy that uh, is competing for a starting position, um, you know, coming out of training camp. And really, I mean, you also throw in um, Ibrahim Campbell. I was really high on him when he came into the uh, fold last year. Uh, I really liked um, – what I saw out of him and just, I, I think he's got the potential to, to make this squad somewhere. And I think with the way that the cornerback group is kind of shaking out, uh, Campbell can probably make more of an impact in that safety position. If, uh, 
you know, he's able to kind of uh, buckle down and make something happen there. Um, so, so with Adrian Amos, guys, who, what, what kind of player do you think complements him the best? Uh, you know, his his style. I feel like he's um, he can kind of almost fit in both. But uh, personally, I think he leans a little bit more as a uh, a free safety type. Um, your thoughts on a type of player that you would like to see kind of complement? Uh, Amos back there. We'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, um, to your point with Campbell, absolutely. I think he's a guy that could play well and, you know, coming off IR, so we'll see what happens with him. But someone to compliment Amos is, you know, I want someone that's going to be a ball hawk. I know Adrian Amos can do that. He's more of a, you know, a hitter. That's where he gets his nickname Smash from. But Mm -hmm. I think it's someone that's a center fielder. I really do. I think it's someone, uh, I don't want to, you know, throw too many names out here, but like a Deontay Thompson, like a, um, Juan Thornhill, someone that can go out and, you know, just ball hawk. You need a sideline to sideline guy that can kind of play that, you know, like haha Clinton Dix played early on in his career where he's, you know, back there in the center field and reacting. And then someone, you know, that's up in the box, you already have that Adrian Amos or, you know, they can flip flop. So I, I think it's someone that's more of a ball hawk, to be honest. Chris? Yeah, you know, that's the that's the fun thing about uh, identifying safeties is do you guys want a center fielder or do you guys want a guy who's going to be really good at playing inside the box really good at blitzing you know you look at guys like uh, taylor rap out of washington with five sacks you know uh, looking at him as a huge sideline to sideline kind of guy but yeah you know the adrian amos with him being able to play in the box and also playing center field you know that's it that just makes it even better that you can have more flexibility on what kind of safety you can look at in the draft and i think too with the defense being run by Mike Pettin, who likes to throw these guys in different positions and throw looks at the defense that they're maybe not expecting or, or especially sending the blitz from somewhere that they're not expecting to have guys like that in the secondary, no matter where they are, that can, that they aren't kind of uh, boxed into a certain role or a certain position. They're going to be flying everywhere. Uh, I think is is pretty key for this team. Um, hybrids, basically. You want a hybrid player that can be flexible. You know, it can play right. free safety or strong safety or even put them in the nickel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, well, let's take a look at these guys here in this safety class. Um, we're going to take a look at as many as we can throw in here, uh, but also if I can um, – do a little of thumping for some of the work that the guys over at Cheesehead TV are doing. Uh, the Cheesehead TV draft guide is out, and it has a lot of great info on these guys and all of the position groups uh, coming out. And um, if, if you want to take a look at that, uh, it's only eight ninety nine. I'm sure Andy would would love to uh, you know see us be promoting it a little bit more. I, I, we didn't have any any. Uh, say into it or input into it this year, but um, I mean, it's, it's a great breakdown of the safety class and all of the different classes a great work in there. Um, But let's take a look at these guys here in the safety class. Let's uh, I, we talked about beforehand, we'll just break down our top five right off the bat. If if we were sitting there in Brian Gutekunst's shoes and the safety position is on the board, who is your your one through five uh, looks at um, at the prospect board? Uh, Chris, do you want to start us off? Sure, I'll, I'll do a, a top five, not necessarily in any particular order because they're so close to one another. Yeah, top five. I have a uh, uh, Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State, Taylor Rapp out of Washington, Juan Thornhill, Virginia, 
Nazira Adderley from Delaware, and then Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from uh, Florida. All right. Uh, Matt, your take on uh, the safety position group here. Yeah, mine is in a top five, and I think the only reason it's actually listed one through five is just when I was writing them down. So, again, just like Chris said, it's like you could plug and play a lot of these guys at one, two, three, or four, or five. Um, so to start, my fifth one is Juan Thornhill from Virginia, uh, the converted cornerback, now safety. Um, Adderley from Delaware. I did put Deontay Thompson still at the number three spot. Uh, number two for me is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and my number one is Taylor Rapp, the uh, very, very athletic uh, safety from Washington. All right. Uh, I'll give you mine here, and I think this is good um, that we've got, I think, a little bit of uh, variety in our listings here, so it'll uh, be for good uh, podcasting here. Um, my fifth one I had uh, – Jonathan Abram as my fifth. Uh, I go up to Taylor Rapp at number four. Uh, I have uh, CGJ at number three as well out of Florida. Um, Juan Thornhill I put at number two. And uh, I actually have uh, Nazir Adderley as um, my number one. And I might – and I'll I'll say right off the bat here, Nazir Adderley – I might have made the fatal draft flaw, and that is falling in love with a prospect because I absolutely love this guy. Um, I don't know if it's because he comes out of a small school or, you know, it was just like his his uh, the highlights that he had were great and just everyone can't stop talking great things about him. Um, or maybe it's because he is a, a cornerback that can also return punts, and Delaware has the same winged helmet as Michigan, so I think of Charles Woodson. <laughs> I, I don't know where the the uh, subconscious connection is, but I, I absolutely love Nazir Adderley as my number one. Um, so let, let's break some of these guys down here. Let's, um, let, let's talk about, uh, I think, what I saw, at least in the, at least in the Packers, the, uh, the Cheesehead draft guide, Juan Thornhill was kind of listed – as their overall number one, I had him at number two. Um, I, Matt, I think you had him in your top yeah, five, five there. Number, number five. five. Yeah. Um, uh, this guy, he's probably the physically he's the biggest safety that is in this uh, group, which is you know a plus or minus, um, you know depending on how well he can kind of move around the ball. But he he seems like a guy that can play that cover safety, but I, I don't know about if, uh, you know, he plays uh, the position very fluidly enough to kind of handle uh, what you have at there, what you have in the, uh, in the backfield. Um, and that's why I put him at number two. Uh, but Juan Thornhill, a guy, I don't think he could be the number one overall pick out of the safety group. Um, and if he goes, does he create a, uh, a domino effect from here uh, and make a run on safeties? But um, I definitely wouldn't be upset with Juan Thornhill being taken uh, uh, in the later first round or second round if he's available. I, yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. I think Thornhill's good. And like I said, he's my number fifth guy. Um, you're the guy you guys also put in your top five that I didn't even have. Uh, was Abram from Miss, Mississippi State. He was my number sixth guy, but, I mean, he could have easily been in the top five. I just think Juan Thornhill from a straight, you know, 
converted cornerback, now plays free safety. A lot of people mm-hmm. consider him a prototypical free safety. Um, great coverage skills, obviously, being a converted cornerback. And you want to talk about physically gifted, Dan, as you were mentioning. Dude has a 44-inch vertical at the combine and 11-foot-9-inch broad jump. That is insane. So you know he's just an absolute freak. What's that? Yeah, I was going to say, that's what immediately jumped off the yes, page. Just for sure. Traits that he had. And also the four four two speed. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I would say if I had a weak point for him, not as big of a like a you know a hard hitter as some of these guys, other guys in the class. But I think he's a guy that exactly what you said, Dan, is someone that I would be looking at if I'm a Packers um, front office person at thirty or forty four. I think that's a a viable option. Um, considering, I don't think he's one of the bigger names out there as an Adderley, a Thompson, a Gardner Johnson, a Taylor Rapp. So you might be able to get good value on him, which I know the Packers and every you know front office is always trying to do. Uh, I just see him being a good plug and play guy that could come in and actually, you know, maybe compete for a starting job like we had talked about, or um, you know, just develop those skills a little bit more. But I, I really like Juan Thornhill. Well, let's uh, look at another one, and Matt, I'll. I'll put this to you first because he is one of your favorite guys. You've been, you've brought him up a couple times here is Deontay Thomas uh, Thompson from Alabama. And I mentioned uh, Thornhill being a bigger guy, but Thompson, I think might be the tallest out of this group at six foot two yeah. um, lean. And like you said, is incredibly uh, aggressive, throws his body around, is not afraid to, uh, you know, punish, Running backs within the flat or uh, wide receivers coming across the middle. I saw some of his tape against Louisville, and you know he was just out to inflict pain on every single person that came across the uh, in the middle. But uh, talk about your guy Thompson a little bit more. Sure. No, uh, Deontay Thompson is a prototypical Alabama defender, more specifically a safety. Uh, the big knock on him right now is towards the end of the year when they got into stiffer competition. Um, he, he kind of was overly aggressive and then was exposed, um, you know, trying to play center field and making the huge play and giving up long plays. Um, you know, that, that would, that's the big knock on him. I think if we would have gone maybe six months ago, uh, right when the, you know, the college football season was getting into conference play, I think all of us would have had him as a top three prospect at safety. I don't, I mean, maybe you guys wouldn't, but I, <laughs> He's a he's a safety that plays is from Alabama. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of guys mm-hmm. like that from Ha Ha Clinton Dix to Landon Collins. You know the list goes on and on. And when it comes down to an Alabama player, you got to really you know is he a product of that system and Nick Saban's you know pedigree, or is he actually that good? And I think just on strictly like bad publicity around him from the last few months of play. I think someone's going to get a really, really good value pick towards the late end of the first round, more than likely the early second round at worst. I, you know, I like Thompson, as you said, Dan, big body, um, kind of a boomer bus player, huge hitter, typical safety. I, I think he's a guy that, like I said, should have been probably the number one or number two prospect coming into this draft class. But, you know, you saw lack of consistency towards the end of the year and got, trying to go for a home run. So I like the kid, like the kid if the Packers drafted him at some point, you know, 30 or 44, that's cool. But um, he's, you know, I think it's a, it's a situation where this is such a deep safety class that if he was, you know, let's say have half these guys that are on there, I think 
Deontay Thompson just pushes himself back to the top, you know, top three. But um, I still like the guy. I think he's a good player. Well, yeah, Matt, yeah. you know, everything you said is the reason why I didn't name him in my five. He was my number six. Okay. He was the guy because, you know, because he did struggle in the second half of the season against, you know, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. I would describe him, at least particularly toward the end of the year, great skill set, but just had poor instincts down the line. Sure. But you're right. Like, the, the beginning of the year, he easily would have been in the top three. I think this may have bumped him down. Well, like you said, if the Packers can get him at 44 if he's available and all these other safeties are gone, then, yeah, I'd say definitely. Because then, of course, he could sit behind Adrian Amos and learn from behind him. So, yeah, you know, but then again, I still would put him at number six on my list. Okay. Yeah, and I, th- I think, too, and, again, I don't know if – I'm starting to think I might just be lazy and I, I'm, <laughs> like, I, I'm trying to just find shortcuts. But watching him play – in an Alabama uniform, I instantly thought Clinton Dix, uh, and it was because of how aggressive he did play. But then also the one one thing that really stuck out to me was he he really 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 loves to uh, tackle at the feet, um, which like the, those first couple of years where Clinton Dix was trying to find himself, I can't say how many times I saw him, you know take a dive at you know the feet or the legs and completely whiff and uh I think if I think if he can if he can find his his bearings like like haha did uh I think he's got a little bit more of that um natural uh instinct if you want to call it uh maybe a higher football IQ of of where to put himself in the play and uh and play a little bit smarter than I think um Clinton Dix probably uh, did, then especially in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, we'll move on to another guy, uh, just because I'm getting greedy and I want to talk about him. Is is my boy Adderley, uh, <laughs> out of Delaware? He's five foot eleven, uh, two hundred and five pounds, um, sort of like uh, the um, Thornhill we talked about, where he spent time at corner. So he's he's really versatile. Uh, has um, the ability to sit down in the box if he has to, to take on tight ends. Um, but he really excels in that free safety kind of role and, and roaming around. He's super fast, uh, a really sure tackler. Um, I, he can get to sideline to sideline no matter where he's going to be. I, I think that he's got the the coverage and the speed to make it to either side. And I think really he's got a, a super high football IQ. And from what they've said, he plays with a, a chip on his shoulder, uh, you know, no matter when he's playing. So I think it, coming out of, and I don't know if this is coming out of the, the small uh, FCS school again, that he, you know, he feels like he has to approve himself. But I, I just, I, I can picture a, a, a defensive backfield with a hard hitter like Adrian Amos, who brings an attitude there. And then you've got Jair Alexander, who brings that swagger that he has. And then if you've got, uh, you know, Adderley back there as well, it just, it just think of the swag that comes to that, that defensive back group now. Um, and, and again, maybe I'm just swooning again over, over Adderley and I, I've fallen too much in love with him. But for me, if, if Adderley is available at, at pick number 30, I think he's a, a, a no doubt pick at 30. I, I wouldn't be upset if he, if you wait until the second round, but personally, I don't know if he gets all the way to, uh, to pick 44. 
in in the in the second round. Um, I, I really I'm really high on him. Uh, but your guys' thoughts on on him? I know uh, Matt. I don't uh, if you had. I think you had Adderley lower, or, or was he on your top five? Yeah, I had him at four. Yeah. Um, and it's not again. He could have kind of went up to two, honestly, or three. I didn't think he was the number one guy. I really do think Taylor Rapp is the number one safety in this class. But Adderley, everything you said, Dan. I mean. I, I didn't really I didn't know he was a converted cornerback, so that's just even that's just another notch on his belt for me. But um, you know, traditional safety, center field, a lot of range, big IQ. Um, obviously, played a couple different positions, so that helps. Um, I kind of look at him like a Glover Quinn type can play up in the box, um, and I think there, there's some comparisons there. And to your point, I mean, if they the Packers were to take him at 30, I like that a lot. I just don't think he lasts till 44. I think it'd be a situation where it's like, well, you know, maybe we have him slotted as our 35th or, you know, between that 30 and 40 range. Like, we're going to have to maybe take him a little earlier or trade up. But I think there's, I mean, there's a definitely, definitely a, a big argument to be made to be able to take Adderley at 30, even if it's, you know, you're taking him a, a few spots higher than he should go because I don't think you're getting him at 44. Chris, uh, your thoughts on a guy like Adderley uh, being added to that defensive backfield? Yeah, definitely. You know, you always say that you fall in love with them, but to me it's very easy to fall in love with safeties that have great ball skills. <laughs> the guy yeah. had nine receptions the last two years, five last year and then four the year before. Great, He's like the prototypical center fielder safety. Great range, great ball skills. You know, 78 tackles five in, uh, interceptions and two forced fumbles. So, yeah, I can totally see him possibly dropping to the second round. But then again, I don't see him going to number 44. If it is, it's a steal. Kind of like like how last year I didn't expect Josh Jackson to fall all the way. So when the he was there, the Packers scooped him up. If that happens with Adderley, absolutely scoop him up. But uh, overall, yeah, I, I would definitely put him higher up on the safety list just because of how just a – how uh, just a natural athletic player he is, particularly with his ball skills. But what do you guys think of uh, of some of these safeties that probably are not going to fall? Which safety do you really think is going to be the first one taken? I I mean, I honestly think it's Taylor Rapp. That's that's the guy who I think is number one. Um, and then there's definitely a strong case to be made about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I mean, you look at someone like Derwin James last year, that the Chargers were able to snatch. And I see some strong comparisons between the two of them, just the versatility. Um, and he's a, I mean, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a leader. I just think, you know, between those two, Rap and Gardner Johnson, those are the two, I think one of those goes off the board first for me. Yeah, I, I would agree too. I think, uh, you know, honestly, I think we might have just uh, really, um, you know, kind of uh, done him a disservice of not talking about uh, Garner Johnson more as one of these guys that could be going as the number one safety in this draft because he really, yeah, like you mentioned, Matt, he can fit almost anywhere that you need him to. Um, so, you know, sort of like a Swiss Army knife when it comes to where you can kind of put him coverage wise. Uh, and uh, I, I think really no matter no matter who goes first, and I, I do think it could be uh, Taylor Rapp and or uh, Gardner Johnson, I still think um, Juan Thornhill could have that opportunity to be the number one. Uh, 
I, I would put those as my those first three that I think could go off of the board. Um, regardless of I think who goes off first, the way that the safety class is set up, I think if one person goes, there's a real chance for it to be that avalanche of you know a run on safeties where. Uh, which is why I think you you might be forced into taking a safety at number thirty instead of waiting to forty four. As we've kind of like hit, hinted at a couple on these a couple of these guys, uh, if you want to pull the trigger on a safety, it might have to be in the first round because uh, you know second round you're probably going to get somebody. But I think th- if you pick up one of these uh, first couple of guys in the first round, it's it's a absolute home run as opposed to making your way down the list a little bit. At least that's what I think. Yeah, and I just want to throw this out there. I mean, we're talking about 30 and 44 for potential picks at safety. Mm -hmm. Can we all agree that the 12th spot, there isn't great value there and it's not as large of a need for the Packers at 12? Or is there someone you could see actually being picked at 12? I don't see it at 12, to be honest. I I see 30 and 44 for safety. 12, I I see more of a pass rusher. Great. I agree on that with you. Yeah, I, I agree too. Especially with the kind of money that you'll have to pay for a number twelve spot, uh, nobody in this group, you know, screams being worth a, a twelve pick in money to me. Good. Good. Um, so, any is there any guys on this list that you've seen that could be a bit of a dark horse? Guys that we're not talking about. Guys, uh, maybe not for the Packers, but out of just the safety class in general. That could be uh, somebody that we're we're looking back on three or four years from now and wondering why the heck did they drop so far in this draft? Is there anybody on the board that looks like that to you? I hope that Jonathan Abram really comes out and shows everybody. You know, I, I may list him as the best safety in the draft. I know you guys probably think I'm crazy. But I, I would put him because he interviewed well. He was a great run defender. He could play some nickel and against tight ends. And he's, he's comfortable at either free safety or strong safety. So I, I think Jonathan Abram will maybe surprise some people with his versatility. Yeah, I look at Jonathan Abram as a, uh, a guy that's very comparable to, to a Jamal Adams. Uh, smaller body but as far as height, but plays bigger than he actually is. Uh, I think he's a he's got to get into the right fit as far as a system to be super productive. Um, he's he's kind of one of those old school safeties that you don't really see around anymore. But I think Abram, like you said, Chris, you I, I won't call you crazy because I think it's 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 definitely crossed my mind because I've seen it on some other boards as well that he was the number one safety. Um, he easily could have been my top five as I mentioned. So that's a guy I'm looking at, and then Darnell Savage Jr., uh, the kid from Maryland. Um, Super athlete. I have him wrote it down as a sleeper, kind of comparable to uh, Jamarcus Joyner. Um, you know, I've heard underrated coverage skills. I didn't watch a lot of Mar- Maryland Terrapin uh, football, to be honest with you, this year. So some highlights I saw, I th- thought he was a good uh, cover guy. And, you know, good speed, 4-3-7. He ran at the combine. And um, I-, I think that's another guy that the, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth round Someone could snag a guy and you know get him in there in their system and make him work out for them as a starter. I'm glad you brought up Savage Jr. That was going to be my guy as like a, a sleeper guy that people maybe uh, you know move down the board just because he's a little. I think he's a little bit undersized for what people usually look at for sure. a safety a safety position, but he, he's incredibly 
intelligent. Um, you know, I, I saw numerous people and scouts talking about his, just his coverage IQ and the instinct that he has for playing that safety position. And really, I think that's you know more impressive than you know if, if you're six foot five and you know you're a step behind the ball. If you can put yourself in the right position, it really doesn't matter how big you are. But I mean, how many times have we seen? guys that should be going at a certain rate or, or, or a certain position and because, you know, their hand size is too small or, you know, they ran a, a point three instead of a point two, um, you know, they fall down the board. And I, I, I agree. I think Darnell Savage could junior could be uh, one guy to look like, to look at uh, on draft day. Um, sure. So I, I think uh, any final thoughts on this on this safety position, guys? Uh, as we kind of wrap it up, uh, I think we've we've hit on everything. This is a position that the Packers can address and probably should address early on, uh, but it's by no means a necessity now. And so the way that this position opens up, I, I think it's a position for the Packers to be in that uh, there's really no certain answer and there's really no right answer or wrong answer in this uh in this group moving forward into the draft yeah i think there's about you know six or seven guys that you know once the 44th pick is selected if the packers haven't grabbed one of those six or seven guys i'd be shocked i think one of those will fit the mold um i do look at you know just briefly uh the need at safety in the in the in the draft for other teams i look at the giants obviously need to replace landon collins uh, the Seahawks need to get someone back there. I see them making a move in the first round. Um, the Cowboys, I think, also could use another shot at a corner or safety. And then the Packers need one too. You know, I don't know if there's another names that I've maybe missed or teams that would need one, but um, I just I just see there's a lot of value. I think it's one of the deepest uh, position groups in the 2019 draft. And yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see, like you said, Dan, if there is a, a run on safety once a couple of these guys go off the board. Um, and as far as other guys to throw out there, Mike Bell, uh, dude from Fresno State, uh, 6'3", 205, uh, good pass defender. He could be a day two, day three pick. Um, I think he had run the lowest 40 time for safeties at about a 4.8. But again, if he runs a 4746, is he a guy that we're talking about maybe in our top seven or eight guys here? And then some uh, another speedster, Zedrick Woods, uh, ran a 4-3 out of Ole Miss. Um, that was the fastest one of the safety groups. So you always look like uh, I'm a big Madden player, so that type of guy runs a big 4-3. You know, He's going to be a 90-some speed in Madden. And then, and then Mike Bell, I love, a, I love a tall safety to be able to sit in the back end and pick guys off. So that's a guy that I'd be looking for in like a, a franchise mode type thing, get him late. Yeah. Chris, any final uh, thoughts or words on, on this position group? Well, all I'd say is that I think the key is really 30 and 44 of the picks because after 44, they don't pick until number 75. So if they're going to want a good safety of one of these guys, it's going to have to be within those two picks. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm definitely going to have my list of safeties and just checking them off as they go down to see which ones the Packers are going to get. But overall, I think it's going to be exciting, and I really think that the Packers taking Adrian Amos really is what changed the whole uh draft the whole dynamic of the draft around for me yeah i would agree because i think if if you don't get adrian amos you're looking at now the the number 12 pick doesn't look as crazy uh in the for the uh the safety position here um but that uh, i think will do it for us and this edition of the pack a day podcast uh wrapping up this safety position group 
Um, obviously, coming up in the next several days, uh, we are in, I mean, DEFCON. I forget, is it, I always forget if it's DEFCON 5 or DEFCON 1 is the worst one you don't want to be at. I'm pretty sure it's DEFCON 5 is the worst one. Uh, we're, we're basically at DEFCON 5 now for uh, for draft coverage here at the Pack-A-Day podcast. Um, tomorrow, Andrew and Kyle are going to take a look at the offensive tackle position. That's another one that uh, that's one you could argue could be a number one uh, pick at uh, at pick number 12 um, with the offensive tackle. Chris, you disagree? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just heard the forlorn Spoiler no alert. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, we'll we'll have position and breakdown groups moving forward in the next couple of days. Uh, make sure you stick with us uh, here on the Pack of Day podcast. Uh, like, rate, review uh, is a huge help. And then obviously, uh, moving forward for us, we're excited. We're going to be doing uh, the seven round mock draft preview uh, the day of the draft. So that's really exciting. Uh, to look forward to as well. But um, until then, you can find us all over the uh, the internet, tw- Twitter's here, everywhere. Uh, myself, uh, at DK all the way. Uh, Chris, you're on Twitter. Um, yep, at Chris Schimmel. <laughs> at Chris Schimmel. And then, uh, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, at Twitter, um, at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. Matt underscore Frey underscore. Perfect. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, love hearing from you guys. I, the best part about these draft podcasts is it sparks a ton of debate, and we'd love to hear what you guys think. So uh, reach out to us. Uh, follow the Pack-A-Day Podcast on Twitter, too, at Pack-A-Day Podcast. Um, but until next time, uh, enjoy the rest of our draft coverage. And uh, Matt, Chris, and I always end with a great Go Pack Go. So if you can uh, follow us here, we'll, we'll give us a, a Go Pack Go to finish it off. Go Pack Go! Go back, go. Go back. With the 24th selection in the 2005 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Aaron Rodgers. Who are you supposed to be? I'm Captain America. Rodgers takes quarterback sneak, reaches over, and the ball came loose, but it's a touchdown. A touchdown, Green Bay. Rodgers reached it over. With the 18th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jair Alexander. Truth is, I am Iron Man. Snap, blitz on, Allen running for his life, gets by Richie Gilbert, throws it back over the middle, and it is in the second round of the end zone. Here come the Packers down the right side of the 25, it is Jair Alexander on the return. The Green Bay Packers selection. Please welcome wide receiver James Lawson. With the 53rd pick of the 2014 NFL Draft, the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers select Devontae Adams. Nice goal, son of the home. Rogers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end zone. Devontae and a dagger. They beat Morris Claiborne. To the back line of the end zone, the Packers have won it. With the 27th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Kenny Clark. Packers showing blood snap to Cousins under some pressure. He's had it snapped!
They have a deal in place with the Chicago Bears. Mac is on his way to Chicago. I want to be great. I want to be great. I want to be known as one of the best to play the game. I always thought of myself as the best defense player in the league. That's what comes with Mac. Tell me his name. Thanos. Read it. Run from it. That's me arrives all the same. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers issue. Five letters here. Just for everybody out there in Packer land and yourself today. R-E-L-A-N. We're